With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. Welcome back to another episode of That's a Wrap, a podcast by Raptors fans for Raptors fans. This is Dre. You know who it is. I've got the CJ and the PJ, but you might as well call CJ a DJ. Check out his new mo- What? Mike check one, two, one, two. Ooh, it's James wow, Allison. It's like Tribe Called Quest in the house. What is that? Wow. <laughs> oh, I, nice. got, I got my new mic. I'm legit now. I'm legit. We oh, got the damn. jazz. Man, listen to that. Listen to that, man. All that, man, as an audio fiend, I I love knowing that you got a new microphone. It uh it, it like tickles my fancy, bro. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. What's up, guys? You got Jay here. You can find me at jlung20 on Twitter. You can find this podcast at uh, that's a rap pod. You can find this um podcast on all of your podcatchers. We've been getting tons of uh reviews and tons of feedback. We love it. Thank you guys so much. Keep sending in. Give us a five-star review on iTunes. You know what it is, but Let's get right to business, man. What did you guys think about that comeback of win versus the Grizzlies? Jay, what do you think? Oh, my God. Oh, and Dre. Oh. Go, go for it. Any of you guys. No, you, go, you go for it, Dre. Okay. Well, um, the general public might not know this, but you guys know this. This year is a bit different for me because we're doing this podcast for the first time. I'm in love with the game more than I am a sworn fan of one specific team. So there's a number of teams that I like, and I've brought them up on the podcast before. The Grizzlies are another team that I've loved since, you know, they've had like a, a really nice playoff run a couple of years ago. They made it to the conference finals. They were seen as the underdogs. And once I, I noticed them, I was like, wow, this is a team that's like, you know, early 2000s style of basketball, very defensive fundamentals whatever it takes not the flashiest team but there's a lot of grit and i like that and you could tell that with two veteran players you've got here you've got marcus all and mike Connolly, and against defensive player of the year two-time winner Kawhi leonard obviously we had a pretty upsetting first half where we were down by what like 17 at one point but oh my god that comeback with that kind of a setup of a set jay make some sense of it what the hell happened how did we out defend and out flash the Grizzlies. I it was uh, a surprising little wrinkle, right? Like the Nick Nurse kind of threw in a zone at one point. I can't remember at what point that happened, um, but it kind of threw the Grizzlies at least temporarily off their game, and 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 Toronto started to capitalize. And, and to your point, right? They 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 were down as much as seventeen, and that was already in the third quarter. So the fact that Toronto was able to turn that around uh, so quickly on the NBA's stingiest defense was amazing to see and a step in the right direction because um, I was, I've was i been finding lately that while the Raptors have had the number one record um, in the league for at least a week now, 
um, they're not getting as much love as I would anticipate. And the the general excuse has been, well, the Raptors haven't really played too many good teams. Well, guess what? We just beat a really good team. And the Raptors dropped a season, I guess, season low on the Grizzlies or season high, I don't know, 122 points on them, right? And mm-hmm. um, two, ways, two, two ways to look at that. Number one, the Grizzlies had not allowed more than 117 in any game this season. Um, and number two, uh, that's the fourth game in a row now that the Raptors have dropped at least 122. So this offense is really starting to pick up. And um, I don't know about you guys, but Kawhi is starting to look a little bit more comfortable in this offense. What do you guys think? Yeah, man. And and talk about tail two halves. Like the first half, the Raptors gave up 71 points. You know what they gave up in the second half? 43. So it was wow. defense, defense, defense by by the second half. Something went on in that uh, locker room. I don't know what it was. And apparently Kyle Lowry and Nick Nurse agreed, you know what, just stop bitching. Because they they the, we can both agree that, we can all agree that the officiating was a little inconsistent, but it was inconsistent for both sides. Like mm. um, we were we were getting very frustrated and we were walking in mud, but this is what the Grizzlies do. And that's kind of why I love the Grizzlies so much because they play like old school basketball. They play, mm. you know, grind them out and put them in the mud, like Marcus Gasol says. And you can see that the Raptors were just getting frustrated um, throughout the first half. And then by the second half, it, there was just no more complaining. If you got a bad, it, there's no call or a bad call, you just keep playing. And that's what the Raptors did. And I think what impressed me the most, which is not surprising, is Kawhi's play. And, and the thing is, if you look at his box scores, like it's not very flashy. It's not going to jump out the paper. He, he was 17 and 10. It's not too bad. But by the fourth quarter, you can kind of tell that he he was being the distributor. Normally, he's going to be the person who's going to get you the points and the buckets, but he knew that he had to change his style of play. And, and credit to Nick Nurse and Kawhi for adapting uh, to what the Grizzlies were giving him. Because throughout the first uh, few quarters, you could see that, you know, they were throwing two or three defenders at him at all times. And, and so by the time uh, the, the second half rolled around, they were like, okay, uh, let's let Kawhi bring up the ball or kind of play that Pascal Siakam role where he gets the rebound and dribbles it up the floor. And that's where Kawhi could uh, facilitate. And I, I think he dished out three really important three-pointers and then he hit a dagger three to himself. And it was just a really good game by Kawhi. What do you guys think? Kawhi Leonard is obviously a very consistent player. The odd time where he messes up, it's more of a fluke and just one of those things that happens rather than just a really awful game. Of course, he has some better games than others, but I'm loving this Raptors team because a year ago or two years ago, and it's not to disparage any previous lineup or coaching staff or anything, I wouldn't have necessarily trusted that we could have come back and it's always felt a bit dicey at the end. This was one of those games where it just felt strong when we came back and it was like, wow, we not only have momentum, we're commanding the momentum. And that's a rare feeling for a Raptors fan. This year has been very different. And I know we've only had a few changes. There are enough to make this Raptors team a real contender. I know last year they were top in the East, but this year they really do feel like the top in the East. I mean, for God's sakes, they're top in the league right now by like four games currently. And the entire team and a big chunk of it is, is Kawhi and Danny Green's presence and Nurse's coach and Siakam becoming one of our, our key players. All of it just seems very solid. And I I feel so comfortable with this team. I don't want them to always be down by 17, but if they are, I'm not going to count them out anymore. What do you think? 
And I, I like that, um, <clears throat> like what you're saying about, I think the importance of this game was starting to ring true with the players. And Vleet hit uh, the game tying three. You could see he he was pumping his fist. He was excited. Fred Van Vleet probably shows just about as much emotion as Kawhi Leonard does on the court. He's very um, in the moment, very focused. He normally does not show emotion. But when he hit that game timing three, which was, by the way, part of an 11-0 run in the fourth quarter which, where we went from not down nine to up two, um, you could see that he could sense the importance of it too. This Grizzly squad is, is nothing to laugh at. This is not the same Grizzly squad from last year. I think that's further to your point, Dre, earlier about why the Grizzlies are so impressive. I mean, I, and I'm taking a step back here because I want to highlight a couple of things with these these specific Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. Um, I really like his game because he reminds me of Kawhi's situation coming into the season. Mm-hmm. Kawhi was kind of this forgotten superstar last year. Yes, he was out for most of the year, played only nine games, but Conley was too. Conley was a borderline all-star who missed all of last almost all of last year and is coming back and reminding everyone what he's capable of. Um, and that is someone who uh, should be an all-star. And it's shocking that he's in his 12th season and has never been an all-star, but yeah. that's life as a Grizzly, I guess. Um, and then I'm also impressed by Gasol. I mean, he's reminding us that the player of the year just five years ago. That does seem like a long time ago. Um, but yeah, he's he's really showing us what he's still capable of. And that this is why, like, even before this game, um, you could see why they're sitting atop. They were at least temporarily sitting atop the Western Conference uh, standings. Yeah, and I feel like they might have a chance to crawl their way back up. They just have to find out how to close games currently. But you know, it's funny that you bring up the last year Grizzlies because I'm gonna go out on a limb, despite the fact that they were very low, and I would. Say that the Grizzlies weren't even a bad team last year. They just were suffering under circumstance. First off, Conley being out for most of the season. Secondly, not having many options and stuff to, to work with because, you know, not to be too mean, but I've had to deal with this guy and the Mavericks and now the Grizzlies. The Chandler Parsons curse, permanently out almost all the time. Not much money to work around him with. But what you have here is a team that, you know, now we have Conley back. But because they were so low in standings last year, they have a rookie that I would argue is maybe even top five. Jay, you were saying top three of the year currently. That's um, uh, Jared Jackson Jr. And while he's not exactly leading the team like some other rookies are trying their best to this year, he's sure as hell contributing to it. Uh, last game was not the best sign of it because it wasn't one of his better games, but that just shows, as you were saying, off the air, that's more of a testament to the Raptors and how they shot him down as opposed to him just not playing a good game. I I, I second that, um, that, that Jaron Jackson's been really impressive. You know, it, during, during the draft, he was touted as, you know, the next coming of Draymond Green. And that, uh, in comparison, because, you know, Draymond Green is more of a, rarity in this league in his style of play but he's the kind of player that every team wants so if you have someone like that global in the draft i was shocked at how how far he dropped uh but happy as well for for the grizzlies because um it wasn't that long ago they were in vancouver so my my heart still kind of has a little <laughs> thing for them yeah. Uh, but yeah jaron jackson's been awesome and you know he's uh I do agree. Is he's? I think he's like a top three rookie. I mean, we're we're gonna talk about rookies in just a bit, 
mm-hmm. um, but I will say that he is uh, already the best defender out of this class, and he has the the skill and talent to be all defense uh, in 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 a very short amount of time. Yeah, and before we go into more rookie talk, I wanted to talk about uh, the general on the floor for our second unit, Mr. Fred Van Vliet. And he mm. came in the game and he was on fuego. The only shot that he missed was one free throw. He went six for six, three for three for threes, and uh, three for four for free throws. Like, he only came in for 22 minutes, but... Like you said, Jay, when he and when he hit that game tying three, uh, somewhere in the third or the fourth quarter, he pumped that fist really hard, and you you kind of felt it for him because you know that he hasn't been playing very well this entire year. I feel like this was kind of the coming out party for him, and for him to put up those numbers, the eighteen points, and just do Fred Van Fleet things like it's just really nice and and kind of encouraging for Raptors fans to see because we know what he can how he can play. We know what numbers that he can do, especially from last year, leading the bench mob to be the bench mob. And last year we could see like the, the starting lineup didn't have what it took to play with the big dogs in in the NBA. And so we had to get our bench to come in and save us. But now it's like, okay, our starters, we have um, a perennial all-star in Kawhi and we know that we can, we can play with the best of them. And our bench so far hasn't been doing uh, bench things, but it was because we were spoiled last year. So the fact that Fred Van Vliet uh, came in and kind of brought us back into this game is quite comforting. Wouldn't you say so? Yeah. Especially because, disregarding uh, foul shots, he literally scored a perfect game. In the NBA, you're, when you're looking at 60% shooting, that's good. That's not a bad thing. Like That's relatively seen as a good thing. But to shoot 100%, he shot the ones that counted, the ones that helped bring us back into the game. Again, we were, we were on fire, but it never got diffused. And that's exactly what we needed against such highly defensive, almost metallic team that's hard to break through. It was just great. When I talked in an earlier episode, I'm guessing it was the one where we were having our losing streak. I was saying Nick Nurse needs to find a way to help close games when we're stuck in a jam like this. And whether it's that zone defense or just knowing who to put on the court, I mean, he did it this time. I mean, this is exactly what I was talking about. This was not even just a closing of a game where, oof, we got on the skin of our teeth. This was a commanding recontrol of the game. And it's never too late because you, you, you talked about the tale of two halves, Jade. You can command the game at any time unless you're in the fourth and you're losing by 50 or something like, I don't know. It's never too late. And when you're the Raptors, you have to learn that. And it looks like they are learning that because this could be a playoff scenario where these games count more than you could ever. And it's great that nurses getting so fine-tuned with this team and all of us experimenting with all of these different lineups from early on in the season getting used to everybody's it looks like it's it's paying greatly and not to say that we should never lose a game it's impossible but to see that we can't do a, a, a scenario like this come back from so far behind not even just scrape by at the end but to really win with emphasis i mean it's great yeah, and i think um just to kind of wrap that that part up what you're talking about the the way that the the Raptors were shooting last night was amazing. Um, just to throw some numbers at you, there are eight players currently in the NBA who have a field goal percentage over sixty percent. Eight Raptors as a team shot sixty one percent. So when you can kind of command that 
that kind of offense again against the the league stingiest defense uh you're going to win a whole lot of games and when you have uh an MVP candidate in Kawhi Leonard uh at your disposal I don't know do, do you guys want to start talking about some like awards now? I mean we we're we're now at the quarter part of the season like this season is just zooming by but we're already a quarter of the way through. I mean, why don't we, I think it's time to start handing out some awards. What do you think? Hell yeah, let's do it. I mean, yeah, like you were saying, Jay, it's it's about, what, uh, 23 games into the season. And uh, we this is a good sample size of, of where this Raptors team is. I want to get your take. I want to get both of your takes and, and the fans mm-hmm. as well. Tweet us what you, what you think about uh, the awards. So if we start off with the most important one, let's go. Who do you think would be the MVP of our Raptors team right now? I would say for us, and I don't think you guys would disagree with me, I would have to say Kyle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Kyle, uh, the big debate last year when he got re-signed again with a lot of money was, was he going to put up the kind of effort that DeRozan was? showing when he got a pay raise and i would argue that it wasn't quite the same but now that his best buddy is gone and he's got things to prove yeah i mean Kawhi leonard is obviously a terrific player but when you're looking at like the raptors mvp and the embodiment of the raptors team i feel like lowry takes charge from the start to the uh whereas somebody like siakam you're seeing a lot of results through what lowry is doing Hence why he has so many assists, for instance. You know, his his playmaking, his spreading of the floor, when he takes that deep three and catches teams off guard, I mean, he really is in the driver's seat. Yeah, I, I agree with both of you. Um, and also, uh, don't forget, he leads the league in charges, right? And I think he's yeah. going to continue leading the league in charges he's every so season. He's so good at taking them. I think he led a league and, in charges last year, too, and probably the year before, yeah. am I am I correct I'm, I'm pretty sure this is his third year in a row um damn but now he's complimenting that with the the nba and assists so he's he's hitting it from both ends of the floor and i couldn't be more impressed i mean for me this is uh it's weird to say that it's a no-brainer but there will be those who will say and i'm not going to argue against them but there will be those who say you know Kawhi is actually mvp even though i literally just said those words like five minutes ago um <laughs> They, they are two different things, League MVP and, and Raptors MVP. You know, you could argue that that's the same thing. What are you talking about? How could they be different people? But I see what you're saying, and I kind of agree with you there, to be honest. I, I don't, I'm, I'm not going to say that P of the entire NBA. I mean, that, that probably would have been something I would have said after, let's say, six games. But now, as we were saying, this is a good sample size. We can kind of, you know, see the lay of the mm-hmm. land now, kind of see what the identity is of several, of most teams. We kind of know where, where they are right now. Um, but for me, the MVP of the league is is Giannis. I don't even feel like I need to throw numbers at you guys. Like <laughs> he is amazing this year. And I thought that when when Mike Budenholzer was hired, I was like, but all he does is you know get his guys to play fast and shoot threes. That's the Bucks. That's not going to work. And look, well, I mean, they're they're doing that. They have that identity and playing even better. Uh, what do you, Dre, I need to hear what you got to say on this. Well, I'm not speaking through a bias here or being Greek myself, but in all honesty, uh, Yanni Antetokounmpo is, all things considered, in my humble opinion, currently, not just MVP, but currently the best player in the league right now. Because I would say the LeBron, 
oh. was pulling the team behind him last year and was showing up. But like, I've I've got to see, I've got to see a little bit more from LeBron right now. Yanni is in his prime. He's hungry. He's been named Eastern Conference Player of the Week twice. He doesn't just lead the team. He he owns the team. He makes everybody around him better. He does stuff that a five foot player who's you know trying to work their way up to be in in like a collegiate basketball team can do. Like he's the fastest, can do the craziest tricks on the floor. But the difference is he's gargantuan, and he still is like the nimblest player out there. And it's the craziest thing. I don't understand how he does ninety percent of what he does, but he's not just show. I don't know. Like this guy is to me personally the most exciting player I've seen since like Vince Carter or young Blake Griffin. I mean, this guy's just nuts to watch. And the difference is he takes it home almost all the time. And that's proven with a second highest rating in the league, Milwaukee Bucks. I mean, Yanni's just nuts. And I think it's without question that he should take on the MVP. Yeah. And if we're going to kind of compare it with LeBron, and LeBron has been in this in this league for what 15 years now and yep. he's probably coasting right now he's waiting for the players we all know this but the thing is when you're leading a young team like the lakers if you guys are going to be down you know 30 or or 20 points even and you can kind of tell lebron doesn't really care for the game that looks bad on your entire organization so and I feel like how the Bucks are playing, the losses that they have had are have been really close. I feel like if the Bucks were down by, let's say, you know, 20 or 15 points, Giannis would probably bring them back into the game. Every time um, you watch him play, he's either, you know, going 94 feet uh, for a dunk or he's posting up or he's shooting in mid-range. Like, he can kind of do everything. A point guard can do, uh, a shooting guard can do, a center can do. Like, he, he's literally an all-around player. And he, without being offensive anything, he is a freak. He's kind of a freak of nature. <laughs> like, he can do, he, he's meant to play basketball. He could probably play a whole bunch of different uh, sports if he wanted to. I, I don't disagree at all that yeah, Deanna should be an MVP uh candidate um but what about most improved player and i would for the, go, raptors? For the raptors for the raptors i think i could make the case for og just because um uh, you can kind of see the explosiveness from uh, in his game now last year he was a little bit tentative because of his injury but now you you see that with the summer summer camp under his belt and with the summer uh, or sorry with the season under his belt you can see that he's more comfortable and he has improved but there's no doubt in my mind that it has to be Siakam. Siakam is playing all-star level basketball right now, and he implemented himself into the starting lineup, not because of injuries, but because he deserves it. He's getting recognized throughout the entire NBA, and uh, he can if he can get that three-pointer to be consistent, which he has been. He hasn't been shooting very many of them, but if he can get you know like two or three per game, he would be deadly. Yeah, I really like Siakam because he's obviously taking a page from the Tim Duncan, Kawhi Leonard book of, or even the LeBron James book of, get it to the best in any case scenario. He's got to improve with the three-point shots, but the fact that he could spin his way up to the net and almost always get it, his layups off the backboard, you know, his, his hook shots, they almost always go in. And I think he's an all-star, not because he's the flashiest player, because a fundamental player that can just get you the points that you need and do ex- 
exactly what you're supposed to do. He's insanely fast. He is very court smart. For somebody who hasn't even been playing for most of his life, that's huge. That's something to definitely take into account. And that doesn't affect how he is as you know an almost all, all-star. For me personally, I think he should be an all-star. With all things considered, you know, we would have to look at the logistics of who is eligible. But in my dreams, he is an all-star. And yeah, I thought he was great last year too. So what makes him the most improved player is the fact that he wasn't just good this year like he was last year. He's become dependable, like the entire team can rely on him when they're losing. And that's crazy to know that when we started this podcast, we were looking at, okay, how's Kawhi Leonard going to deal with Kyle Lowry? That's not the only discussion we have anymore. It's, okay, now we tentatively have a big three with Siakam. I mean, that's that's just great. And it just came out of nowhere, this guy just being one of the best players in the East. In fact, the top player in the East, as he has won one week ago. What do you think, Jay? Do you agree with us? Do you got a different pick? I'm going to stick with it. Um, it there's, there's no question to me that um, Siakam is... Is our most improved player. Um, I like, you know, what Jay had to say about OG. Um, you know, it, OG with fresh legs. Like, you, you, there's an extra bounce in his step. Like, there's no tentativeness in his game. Like, there's a lot to like there. And I think that he's only going to get better as the season gets long. But yeah, for me, easily, it is Siakam. Um, he can get on both ends of the floor. He's arguably our best two-way player, but... I'm still going to say it's Kawhi, but like Siakam is not that far behind. Mm-hmm. Uh, when it comes to um, his outside shot, I mean, he is 1-3 in almost all but one game this year, and he's making them at a respectable uh, rate. I have the number here. You know, to your point, Dre, about him being an all-star, I, I've been thinking about writing this article about Siakam deserving an all-star spot. So I did a quick like look at like who is, you know, who are locks to be all-stars, who should be in, who should be out, whatever. And I got all the way down to the last spot. And it came down to uh, Siakam, Vucevic, and Middleton or Bledsoe, and even, and this is a surprise, Domantas Sabonis. Um, <laughs> I'm going to talk about him a lot later. Um, but I'll just say that he's on he's on the bubble. There, there. I would say eleven guys already ahead of him, so it, it'll be tough for him to make it. But again, that that's whether or not he makes it. That doesn't hide the fact that he is the most improved. And in fact, I'll take it one step further and say he, for me, is the most improved player in the entire NBA. Really? Okay. Like Do you that. want to elaborate further on that? Like, what makes him the most in the NBA? I think we've all touched on a lot of those points already, but I think it's just when you look at, um, and I think that this is effect, this is what the voters look at a lot is the team record. I mean, you can't help but have that play into your thought process. And, you know, Dre, you were saying it earlier about how it's not just that the Raptors are a good distance away from the next best team. And a lot of it is because of Siakam, right? I mean, we are very reliant on Kawhi on, on an ISO basis. We've already talked at length about how Kyle is the team's MVP. And Siakam has filled in that role perfectly as that third star. We've, do you notice how we've already not said a word about Serge Ibaka? Sure. Serge Ibaka is all we were talking about in the first 10 games, how he is uh, the big three, or he makes uh, Kawhi and, and Kyle into this amazing big three. We haven't talked about him. 
because Siakam is kind of taking that role. And uh, that's that's amazing that we have those kinds of players at our disposal. But also, it's uh, it, the record shows how has has had on the team. He has these, um, you know, we've already talked about already, like how he has an elaborate array of of spin moves, and the defenses are expecting it and still can't stop him. So whether it's spinning to the left or the right, he's got it. He's starting to knock down that outside shot. His three point percentage is up to thirty two percent, which isn't really anything to brag about. But the fact that he's taking them and make starting to make a few of them more is is very promising. And you're guaranteed, this is even last year, you are guaranteed to get at least two or three fast break buckets from him. So that motor is, that that's something that will always be an asset for him. So um, yeah, for me, most improved player of the league. Wow. Well, I'm going to go with a less conventional kind of pick. Um, he's easy to rag on because he's the goofball of the NBA. I'm going to go with uh, JaVale McGee as my most improved player of the league. You're looking at somebody who, was never necessarily a bad player, but obviously it's easy to make fun of him because of all of the boneheaded decisions that he made. Maybe it's what he learned with the Warriors. Maybe it's the fact that Luke Walton's trying to get him to start. It's interesting that you say numbers because when when you said that, I was kind of starting to just, oh God, you know, now I'm kind of second guessing my, my pick and I'm looking and it's like, oh, I forgot the Lakers are currently in playoff contention, which they haven't been for years. They're, they're seventh right now after a two-game losing streak, but it's a very tight West. They could easily crawl their way back up and even get to a higher position. And you're looking at somebody who is one of the leading blockers in the league, JaVale McGee, for crying out loud, a showman He's dunker. Number He's number one. Is he, is he number one? Because I thought it was Drummond last time I checked. Oh, sorry. I was looking at, I was looking at total blocks. He's tied with Whiteside. Oh, Whiteside. Why, why did I say Drummond? No, Whiteside. That's the person I was thinking of. Um, regardless, look at the two people we just put him up against. Drummond, Whiteside. Not to say that he's quite the same, but hey, if he's starting to shape himself to get there, that's huge. And this is a guy who, let's not forget, is a showman. Like, he could do the crazy dunks. He could he can bring back the momentum of the game. Yeah, he's still a goofball, and he does have his occasional screw-ups. Who? What player doesn't? We notice them because with JaVale, they're a lot funnier and perhaps a bad light's been shed on him for the last five or six years. Or so. But having considered all of that, he's starting for the Lakers, the LeBron James Lakers. And that's all I got to say. I would I would also add to that. I mean, you you make some excellent points. You know, I was I was talking earlier about there's only eight players who are above 60% right now. In, in, oh. in one of them, right? <laughs> um, you know, if you look at because of the way the Lakers play, I mean, he's the beneficiary of a lot of alley-oops. So we kind of were talking about that before the season. Or to, you know, extrapolate his his minutes and, and put it, uh, I like to look every now and then at how a player, especially someone who doesn't get a ton of minutes, um, what their, their, their numbers would look like on a per 100 possession basis. And his numbers are through the roof. He would be averaging 24 points, 12 rebounds, five blocks so those are monster numbers per 100 possession so yeah i i i like that pick um what, what do you think jay well who, who do you got could go with andreas with the javel mcgee just mainly because that you know what he he is playing for like 
uh, the Lakers, but he's also asked to be a, vo- a veteran voice for that young squad. And to play with LeBron, I think you're already going to automatically be better if you're going to play with LeBron. So, no, I could go with, I, I could see where Jay, um, Dre is going, but no. Jay, I'm going to go with you. Siakam, most improved player of the league, not only just for the Raptors, of the league as well. Let's see how he does for the rest of the season. But let's move on to Defensive Player of the Year. What do you guys think uh, for the Raptors? I think it's the hardest year to even have this conversation with the Raptors because of so many defensive presences that have been put into the team and thus enhanced. And I would put my honorable mention in Abaka's hands where the guy is doing crazy blocks running back on D he's become a big threat the kind of player that we wanted when we got him from the magic you know back from the OKC days that we wanted when he was a part of the big four lineup with um obviously Durant uh Westbrook with all things considered I'm gonna have to go with Kawhi Leonard uh you know two top defensive player of the year possibly could have been a third if it wasn't for last year's treacherous outcome we all know what happened there but if you're looking at his stats you know this guy is getting 7.4 7.4 defensive rebounds a game, which is freaking like nuts. That's I think that's currently the the most that he's ever kind of averaged. He's getting 1.2 on the offensive board, uh, 0.5 blocks per game, 1.8 steals per game. He's clearly cleaning up everywhere that that you're supposed to, and as a result, is it's a little bit different with defensive player of the game. Of course, you can enhance other players, but what I think makes you a defensive player of the game more than an MVP, and MVP raises a team up. A defensive player can act alone if they need to, and I think Kawhi Leonard can definitely do that, where if he needs to clean up a bad spill and stop points from from pouring in on the opponent's side, that's the man to go to. What do you think, Jay? I like that you brought up uh, Serge Ibaka's numbers because um, what Serge has been able to do this season where you know he's his game is opened up like on offense and on defense but speaking specifically about defense we're noticing that or at least i'm noticing um his weak side help is outstanding all of his blocks are coming off the weak side and why is that that's because of Kawhi. Kawhi enables that to happen so just as lowry is the quarterback of our offense Kawhi is the quarterback of our defense mm. uh you, you hit it on the head with the stats, Dre. Um, you know, it is it is his career high in terms of defensive rebounds. He's never averaged more. He's also never ever rebounds in total as as uh, uh, it, throughout his career. He leads the team in steals. He leads the team in defensive rating. He leads the team in defensive win shares. He's surprisingly second in defensive rebound percentage. Um, you would have thought that would have gone to like Ibaka or Siakam, but anyone who's trailing JV right now in defensive rebounding percentage. So he's he's mixing it in there, right? I mean, he's he's expected to be this um, excellent wing defender, which means he's always by the perimeter, but somehow he's getting all these rebounds. So kudos to him on the defensive end. But I will say he is not my defensive player of the year for the NBA. Hey, Let's hear it. Who you got? Going Paul George. PG thirteen. Um, yeah, PG thirteen has really stepped it up. I mean, I don't know. Westbrook missed a couple games to begin the season and he really picked up his D. Um, the Thunder have the best uh defense in the league. I know earlier we were talking about Memphis, but that was based off points allowed per game. 
OKC has the number one defensive rating in the league. And that's mainly due to Paul George. He is number one in the NBA in defensive win shares. He's number one in steals. Uh, like I said, he's leading the best defense in the league. So for me, the choice is uh, Paul George. But there are a lot of good candidates out there. Yeah, I was going to go um, Hassan Whiteside. But after watching that Miami game, he he looked terrible. So I I, pro- I probably would stick with him just, just because that was one game. And he's leading the lead in, uh, I believe, blocks. Um, yeah. So he's tied with uh, McGee. Yeah, with, yeah, with McGee. And I, I've always liked uh, Hassan Whiteside. I like his story and where he came from. Um, but but yeah, I could I could go with PG for sure. I mean, defensively, either you're going to go blocks or steals, and and how he kind of anchors the OKC's defense. And you know how crazy Westbrook can play. Uh, you need somebody uh, that's going to anchor the defense when when Westbrook goes off. So yeah, I would go PG for sure. Um. PG is an excellent pick and definitely in uh, top consideration for me, uh, especially because, as you said, he's leading. Uh, both of you said he's leading in so many stats. But for me, I'm going to go with Anthony Davis uh, because I feel like with OKC, uh, PG's got a team that you know is rather inconsistent this, this year currently, but there's a lot of help with New Orleans outside of Drew Holiday. There is much help especially on the defensive hip i would argue uh anthony davis is just crazy on all ends so we've got his offensive rebounds he's got 3.6 but the defensive rebounds he's doing like almost 10 like 9.1 he's got lots of assists uh which of course can play from a defensive end if you steal and then you pass to somebody down the court uh steals he's averaging almost two a game uh almost three blocks a game which is nuts he's crazy i mean i'm gonna go with the brow you know in, in in your that's a very solid choice and this is what i was kind of alluding to earlier is that we there are a lot of good candidates out there um and to your point i mean with davis he i think what you're basically saying too is that he's trying to he'll be carrying he has to yeah. carry more right for the pelican yeah. so yeah i i, I I like that choice too he literally is a pelican am i right but um <laughs> uh we were just talking about earlier with Jaron Jackson, rookie of the year, and now we finally reached that. Point. It's kind of futile to discuss the the Raptors rookie of the year. Let's go with the league right off the bat. Doncic, Doncic, hands down. I gotta go uh, with Doncic. I mean, uh, Jay. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm agree. I'm gonna I'm gonna agree on this. Yeah, uh, he's looks like we all agree. You, we, have to, we have to. We have to. Just cool. because, like, I mean, Trey Young is putting up pretty good numbers, but is his team winning? I mean, I'm not saying that Dallas is winning at either very, at a very much clip, but I feel like Doncic does make a bigger difference uh, when it comes to his teams and not just stats-wise, especially when you look at, like, DeAndre Ayton. He's, he's going uh, crazy with those numbers, but, I mean, it's Phoenix. Phoenix is terrible. So I would have to go with Doncic for sure. Yeah, it's funny that you bring up Phoenix because if we're talking about the rookies here, having individual stats is, is great, of course. But it's such a gray area because is Phoenix sucking a result of Aiden, which it probably isn't because he's putting up so many numbers, or almost holding him back you know, because he's trying to do so much of the work. But what I'm looking at with, with Doncic, first off, they literally just beat the Rockets. Uh, so now they're ten and nine, past five hundred. Woo! 
And Doncic has 20 points, six rebounds, two assists in 24 minutes. You know, and he's a starting he's a starting guard for the team. Obviously, I've brought up the fact that I like the Mavericks. He's got a veteran presence with DeAndre Jordan. But this is a guy where when you think of the Mavericks currently, you're not thinking of Jordan necessarily. Unfortunately, you're not thinking of Novitsky either because the guy's been sitting out in what might be his final year, unfortunately. You're thinking of Doncic where it's like, this guy isn't the next Novitsky because of style of play, not even close, but this guy could be the face of the franchise. And he... He already is. I mean, he's leading the NBA like rookie within rookie stats. Like he's leading a whole bunch of them. If not, he's in the top five of all of the stats for rookies. I mean, it's crazy. When you look at uh, on NBA.com, there are a couple of of sites that try to have like uh, kind of all in one stat to tell you there is. And NBA.com, theirs is called the player impact uh, estimator, player impact something. I forgot. Uh, it's PIE. It's spelled out pi. Anyways, uh, number one in the NBA is Giannis. Number two is Luca. So, wow. I mean, if we needed any more indication of his impact, I mean, that's it right there. I mean, it's a rookie among, uh, I, you know, I, just a quick little, like, sh- I guess, shout out to two other rookies who we haven't mentioned yet, but who are sh- really some steam. Um, Shay or Shy, uh, Gilgis, Gilgis Alexander. Oh my gosh, this is the first time I've actually said his name. SGA <laughs> out of the Clippers. Uh, I'm not going to attempt it. into the starting lineup. The Clippers are eight and two. They're now sitting number two, I believe, in the end. Um, that's not obviously all about him, but he has been a huge uh, boost to that uh, to that team. Um, and I already mentioned earlier, Jaron Jackson Jr. I, I love the guy. So uh, I love his defensive presence. I think um, the Grizzlies are are you know as as con are getting older i think they've got someone now that they can kind of pass the torch to ga and and triple j are, are are looking good but yeah this this award definitely goes to luca um, awesome one last honorable mention uh, i think y'all have been sleeping on ben simmons obviously rookie of the <laughs> he's year still rookie, right? <laughs> he's, still, he's still rookie still of the rookie. year yeah that's awesome all right before this goes way too long because it's already been way too long i gotta i gotta ask you guys um Clay Thompson actually came out on, on yes. I guess, a post-game interview or something, and he actually talked, uh, he, he gave some kudos to the Raptors. And let me, let me play you guys this clip real quick. Where do you see them kind of in that mix? Right now they're the best, and I expect them to be there for probably throughout the whole season. They got tremendous length. They got so many two-way players, and obviously Kawhi's back and playing at MVP level. Kyle Lowry's a great leader as well as a – He's a bulldog out there, so it's going to be a great test for us. And um, who knows, might be a preview of June, but uh, they got something really special up there in Canada right now. So it might be a preview in June. Do you think mm. this is something? Do you think this is real? Uh, do you think this is the finally the Toronto Raptors have gained national attention? Like these, I don't think this is just buttering up his opponent. I think this is um, real concern. You would say from from Clay Thompson. I want to hear your thoughts, Dre. This is the first time you heard this. What do you think? Yeah, I like to take into consideration everything that Clay says because Clay Thompson, from what I've seen in interviews, usually doesn't just say stuff to try and win a crowd over of an opposing team or just show respects 
you know, to get brownie points. He's very real from the interviews that I've seen. So this obviously means a lot. Um, the only way I would disagree a little bit is that you're missing uh, Draymond Green, you're missing Steph Curry, you're uh, DeMarcus Cousins, who will all hopefully or unhopefully for our sake be there when June comes around. But aside from that, obviously there's going to be a lot of pressure there because we have to see it not just as the number one team in the world right now, the Toronto Raptor, defeating the Golden State Warriors, which aren't doing too hot right now. This is the Golden State Warriors trying to come right at the jugular of the number one team in the world right now. Of course, we won't drop in standing if we were to lose this game, but it's a stature thing where if we were to lose to the Golden State Warriors, I mean, that might say a little bit. So it's a difficult situation. Obviously, Kevin Durant's been putting up almost 100 points between two games, season high numbers for himself. And they're a hungry team. They're, they're a team that have three rings, but they're struggling a little bit right now with identity, injury, all sorts of stuff. And they're going to come at this one very heated because we are the number one team in the world. So uh, what do you think, Jay? I think this is uh, a, a little bit of a... And I, I mentioned this last week. I was a little bit worried about this game. And even though we is now confirmed that Curry is not going to be playing, um, and then we can only assume that Draymond's not playing because he hasn't in a while, um, I think this is a lose-lose situation. And I hate sounding all negative, but you know, if, if the Raptors are able to pull out this victory, you know, there's going to be this asterisk on it that, you know, they, the Raptors pulled out a victory, but it was at home with no Curry, with no Draymond. So I feel like there are some excuses already built in for Golden State, whereas if we were to actually lose the game, then it just adds to that narrative that we've kind of had hanging over our head for the past few years that we just can't win against better competition. Um, you know, alluding back to what we were talking about earlier in this podcast about how how that win over the Grizzlies was, you know, kind of a, a good, you know, message to the league that the Raptors are ready to take on, you know, this better competition and show that they are worthy of the best record in the NBA. I think this is another chance for, for the Raptors to do that. And I'm very positive about how tomorrow or today, whenever this podcast gets released, uh, goes. So yeah, I'm 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 not too I'm not going to get too hung up on what Clay had to say. If anything, he's just speaking the truth, right? Um, so um, I like the compliment, and I'm ready for our raps to prove it. Yes, sir. I mean, this is only a quarter way through the season. Uh, let's see you guys in June. But for now, Dre, where can I find you on online? You can find me on Twitter at Andreas Babs. What about you, Jay? Fine. You can find me at uh, Rosalie S A U R U S. Um, always find my weekly articles on Monday mornings on Raptors HQ. And uh, yeah, that's me. What about you, Jay? You can find me at uh, JLone20 on Twitter. You can find this podcast at That's a Rap Pod on Twitter. You can find this podcast on all your pod uh, catchers, iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, Google Play. You know, make sure you leave a review. Make sure you leave some comments. Hopefully we can do the Q&A bag someday. Uh, but until then, I'll talk to you guys next week.